From Mediacorp and OneUp Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. I love you. Do you love me? I love you. Maybe it's not married. Maybe it's love. I just wanted to let you know that I miss you. And I've only loved one man. I love you. I didn't know I could feel like that. Darling, do you want to know what I think? Love is beyond our control. I just hope that someday someone would love me. I cheated. Now what? The morning after was brutal. A headache that felt like a drum line in my head. Eyes so dry till it was almost prickly. And a warm back? I tried to move my arm but found it imprisoned. Captured between fingers that were as warm as they were firm. Sunlight, uninvited, stormed through the window. Shattering the sanctuary of the twisted sheets and muted confessions. Last night was a blur. Its details as elusive as smoke. Slipping through the grasp of my foggy, reluctant consciousness. With my head pounding to its own merciless rhythm, I risked a look at the man beside me. As if on cue, his eyes fluttered open, and a rough, gravelly, Morning, escaped his lips. His breath, tainted with the sins of last night's indulgence, jolted me into painful clarity. It was like a splash of ice-cold water. My temples throbbed in time with a rising panic. Oh God. I'd slept with Jake, the guy at the bouldering gym. Jake hits different. One glance, one inadvertent touch, and I'd feel an unexplainable electricity. The kind of tension that was confined to the quiet corners of imagination. With a stature that loomed tall and magnetically attractive, he moved with grace of an experienced climber, his expertise apparent every time he ascended the wall. Each bouldering session unveiled the raw, unyielding strength of his arms, bare and on full display. It was impossible not to watch. I met Jake in a climbing group back in Singapore. Our exchanges? Nothing more than silent glances and unuttered words. Yet every look was a sentence. Every silence, a chapter of the unspoken saga unfolding between us. His eyes didn't just look. They pierced. Invading spaces I didn't know were accessible. This wasn't the friendly, pass-by gaze you shared with acquaintances. No, this was an insistent, burning stare. The kind that knew you, saw you. You played this game of glances, a mute ballet. Until that one night, when restraint and silence were drowned in the bottom of a glass, and the club's low lights cast long shadows on our inhibitions. I was alone on the dance floor at first, swaying amidst the rhythmic thumping of the music. Then Jake's eyes found mine. 
An invisible pool lured me towards him. A silent beckoning that my body responded to without command. As we danced closer, I felt a surge of euphoria shoot up my arm as our fingers brushed ever so slightly. I tried to pull away, but the magnetic attraction was too strong. Jake noticed the electricity too. His gaze bore into me, searching, questioning, urging. I didn't need to say anything. My eyes told him everything he needed to know. He leaned in, and I felt his warm breath on my neck. You alright? Jake whispered, his voice barely audible over the blaring music. Never better, I replied, my voice slightly shaky. He leaned in closer, his face inches away from mine. His gaze flickered to my lips and back to my eyes, seeking silent permission. With a slight nod, I gave him all the answers he needed. I think back now, and it's almost laughable. It might have been the easiest kiss Jake ever had to work for. He wasn't suave or smooth about it. He just went with the flow, riding the wave of my pent-up longing that culminated into that one intoxicating and regretful moment. To be honest, I wouldn't have lost sleep over this, if not for the fact that I was already seeing someone else. Growing up, I was dead set against cheating. In my eyes, it was simple. Cheaters were bad news. End of story. This belief only got stronger during what I like to call my eat, pray, love phase. A time when I was finding myself and learning a lot about others too. I ran into married men who were cheating and couldn't resist the urge to ask why. The answers? Basically, they couldn't talk to their wives. It was a time when I learned a lot about myself and the mistakes I swore I'd never make. And I took these lessons with me as I began dating my current partner, Silas. <laughs> His height and physique were the first things you noticed. Add a killer job into the mix and you've got every girl's dream. But it wasn't just that. He had this thing. This kind of desperate love for me that threw me for a loop. Here I was, always the clingy type. Now on the receiving end of the neediness. I love you. love you. He dropped that bomb after our second date. Was this guy for real? A part of me was ready to laugh in his face, convinced he was playing some sick joke. Who falls in love in just two weeks? But Silas... He had a way of making the implausible seem possible. It's alright if you're not there yet. He'd assure me with a grip on my hand that screamed sincerity. And weirdly, I found comfort in his confession. As cliche as it sounds, he was my rock. My last relationship was a disaster. So his stability provided a much welcome fuge. Life was good until he had to go to London for work. That's where Jake came into the picture. The perfect guy for the wrong place and time. 
There was no beautiful way to say this. I was starved of physical intimacy, and I didn't know if I could hold out. To our credit, Silas and I did try a couple of things online. Sending racy photos, having intimate video calls, but nothing quite hits you like the real thing itself. <laughs> In the aftermath of that regrettable incident, my first instinct was to rally the troops. A mix of devil's advocates and angels of mercy. We needed to brainstorm, and I was in desperate need of both condemnation and salvation. The first to chime in was my resident know-it-all. Newsflash, she started, with a cynicism that could only be hers. Upwards of 40% of people cheat. You're not breaking new ground here. The stark bluntness in her voice was as cutting as it was familiar. Just tell Silas the truth. It's not a death sentence. I often wonder how I tolerated such a friend. She was the epitome of a hard pill to swallow. Yet in moments like these, her unfiltered truth was a bizarre form of solace. She wasn't the one to coddle you. She shoved the mirror in your face and made you stare at your flawed reflection. But, said my empathetic friend, not everyone wants their dirty laundry ad like that. Turning to me, she declared, You love Silas, right? And he loves you. I think maybe it's kinder to lie. Tell him the long distance was straining and you needed a break or something. Kinder to lie? Really? Because prolonging the inevitable is so kind? They are not inevitable. No one needs to know. I honestly think it will hurt Silas a lot more by telling him. Silas will probably think that you don't love him enough for you to stay faithful. <laughs> and in the meantime, let's just live a life, shall we? As the two bicker and more chimed in, we narrowed down to three clear options. Option one was as raw as it gets. Lay it all out. Every detail of my indiscretion and hope that Silas's love was big enough to encompass my imperfection. The guy was a tower of understanding. Maybe, just maybe, he'd see past the betrayal to the woman he claimed to love so deeply. Then, there was the second route. A mix of truth and omission. Long distance wasn't a walk in the park, and it was changing me, straining us. Perhaps, Ending things cleanly, blaming it on the miles between us, was the way to go. Silas stays protected from the grimmer truth, and who knows, maybe there was something worth exploring with Jake. The third path was silence. Carry on, business as usual, with Jake in that night as nothing but a memory. No harm, no foul. Silas was due back in Singapore in a fortnight. The clock was ticking, and every second was a reminder of the decision hanging over me. Those two weeks were a marathon of introspection. Every scenario played out in my head was a confrontation with a version of myself I was either running from or towards. At the core of it all was Silas, his love a sanctuary and a judgement seat all at once. 
The burden of guilt had a funny way of making affection feel like a language I'd forgotten how to speak. Carrying on with Silas, with a betrayal lingering, would surely be a slow dance to a sad, silent end. It's decided then, we'll play the long-distance card and break up amicably. Attention passengers, we've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day. The day he landed, we met at a cafe at the Botanic Gardens, one of the places we first met. When we arrived, we had our usual small talk that quickly ran dry. I was picking nervously at the edges of my napkin, the atmosphere laden with an unutterable heaviness. I could tell Silas knew this conversation would be important. After all, my messages had grown unwittingly distant in the past two weeks. At this point, I knew I had to say something. I had rehearsed this conversation a thousand times in my mind. Yet faced with the reality, words became unreliable allies, deserting me. Without saying a word, he reached from across the table, enveloping my hand in his a warm gesture that brought comfort in me, encouraging me to say my piece. The long distance, it's... I paused, looking down, searching for words that seemed convincing and yet impossibly insufficient. It's straining me, Silas. I feel isolated, disconnected. I'm not sure if I can continue this way. I peeked upwards, hoping to see Silas's shock. But instead, he gave me a type of warm gaze that's soft and understanding. I wondered if he could tell there was more underneath. I understand. I felt it too. The distance. It's not just the mouse between us, but the spaces in our conversations, the silences that used to be filled with laughter. I know we felt confident that our long-distance relationship could work when I left, but I guess we didn't really know what it would cost us. I looked down again, guilt seeping through my eyes slowly, before he squeezed my hands just enough to shake me out of it. It's okay, babe. Let's just enjoy today. During our date, we revisited our shared past, recalling our first meeting by the park and the countless moments of laughter that defined our time together. It felt like a quiet tribute to the beautiful relationship we had cultivated. As the day concluded, he escorted me home, his demeanour suggesting a final, bittersweet farewell. I'm glad we had this talk, he said. I simply nodded in response. It's a bit unusual for me to date someone for so long who had no intentions of ever marrying me but I don't regret it. <sighs> Goodbye. His words stirred something deep within me. I remained silent torn between confession and letting go whether my choice to release him was right or justified. I wasn't sure. I did genuinely see a future with him. Grocery runs, kids, a house, 
and the like. And I did truly embrace his love and kindness, with much of it on display that very day. But was there really a way forward for us? Would he ever forgive my transgressions? Was I about to make the biggest mistake of my life? Now what? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love, brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by OneUp Media. If you would like to share some feedback or share your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description. This episode is produced by Guang Jin, script by RC, edited by Alex, audio experience by Ethan Sam, additional engineering by Ashley from OneUp Media, voiced by Gloria. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Post Love.